My name is Kit McCarty, and my guest today is Mary Faust. Welcome, Mary. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on board your podcast today, Kit. I am looking forward to meeting you sometime in person. Well, I hope that'll be soon. We have an event that we will both be at in a couple of weeks, and so I am looking forward to meeting you and getting to know you better and perhaps welcoming a bunch of our listeners. Mary is a founding and active member of All Tribes D.C., a Native-formed, Christian-based nonprofit group. She's a spiritual leader and an advocate for her Native people in taking back their culture and voice. Mary, I see you as a doer, energetic, focused, relational, and forgiving, tied to the past with an eye on the future. How do you see yourself? So first of all, I see myself as, um, a, I come from a matrilineal um, line of people. We, we are very matrilineal in our, in our foundational ways. And um, I see myself being over the years, as, as I come to this day, that I'm an elder in training. I am a matriarch in training. I am a mother. I am a bukum. That means grandmother in my language. And, and so doing, one of the things that I I see myself doing wherever I travel is to acknowledge the host people of any given lands that I find myself. So I would like to do that just now, if that's okay with you. I'd be honored. Yes. So today I am sitting in Southeastern Pennsylvania and I am sitting on the land of the Lene Lenape. This is their land on their ancestral land that I'm living on. And I just want to honor them today, their memory and their, their, their place and their destiny and their purpose. And I live here and I pray for them almost daily. Thank you. That's beautiful. So I grew up in the Midwest and was not unaccustomed to many tribes. Many of our towns and villages were named after Indian tribes that were previously in the area. And I live currently in Texas, the land of the Teos. Um, so yes, I have always had a fascination with the Native peoples. And so uh, having a conversation with you today is just, it's so exciting for me. So tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get involved in all tribes? So let me, it goes years before all tribes began. All tribes was really birthed out of um, different tribes coming together in a place of prayer and um, prayer mountain in the Ozarks um, in Missouri. And so I, um, much before that, I had a friend of Dutch descent um, interestingly enough, that pursued 
with me and she said, Mary, you need to get involved with this ministry. It was an international ministry at the time. Um, and so I went to this conference in Rhode Island in um, <clears throat> um, Providence, Rhode Island. It was a huge conference. And when I walked into this conference of 8,000 women, there was a speaker on stage. First of all, the first thing that I saw was a teepee on stage. And the theme of that conference was coming to my father's house. And so when I, when I, when I began to listen to what was happening there, I was, I was really very, very much trepidation on my part because I had seen so much of the, um, Relig I want to say religion, but I'm saying not the spirit of, but I'm talking about the, the, the established established religion, religious systems that had come into our shores, onto our soils. And so I was very much, you know, guarded in my way of thinking. I was a believer. Um, I, loved, I loved the Lord, and but there was just some things that I was very guarded that weekend, just a short version of what I want to tell you was what happened the last night of that gathering. And um, there was a special number that was done as, as we're prone to do at conferences. And there was a drum song. And I remember just feeling terror in my heart as this drum song started. And it's this, the drum song around the unity drum, the Abba drum the big circle drum that we use in our dances and our ceremonies. And I began to, to just be very terrified because I thought these people are crazy. Why, why are they bringing this into a setting that is faith-based? Because I grew up being taught and being told that those things were not for the believer. And so, um, and so when I began to see this and what happened was this dancer came out of the shadows and she was dancing what I know now to be the fancy shawl dancer of our people. And she was dancing with um, a medallion on her back. If you're familiar with the arts of our, some of our people, there's, there's one called A Day's End. And it's a, a warrior looking very defeated on a horse in a, in a silhouette. And that's what was on her back. And when she, when she danced, I, I was looking for a way out. By this time, I was so scared. I thought for sure God was going to, the, the father of us all was going to just cast me down because I was told growing up that this is not, you don't mix these things together. And so um, when she twirled around one final time, she dropped her dark shawl and on her back was the Holy Spirit dove. This young woman's name was Sarah. She was an Alaskan native. And earlier in the day, I had prayed this prayer. So Lord, if this is for real, all this spiritual language and all the prophetic that was in the language of the, at this conference, I had prayed, if this is for real, then you're going to have to come to me in a form of a dove. So when she dropped her shawl, and revealed the Holy Spirit dove on her back. Something broke in an instant in my life that I would not understand for many years. But I understand it now. Looking back, I understand what happened with one swift move. The father, Gijemanito, is the name of my people. We give him Gijemanito or Gijemanito. Is he, he cut off every lie. And every deception 
that was planted in the heart of my people, that our ways were demonic and they were heathen. And that began to draw me into the place where I began to pray. I always prayed for my people, but this took on a new, a new passion, you called it. It, it, I feel like it, it brought me into a place that was uncharted territory for myself as a believer. But yet seeing now in this time and space that we're in today, it, it really is began the bridging of the two and the integration that is important of the original mandate that Gijemanido had for my people to walk in the place of honoring who he is, yes, and walking in the mandates that he gave us as a people. And also when the fullness of the gospel that was brought by those that came on our soil, it was very, very important to integrate the two. And so to understand that dimension and that dynamic, like, like I said, I see myself as a bridge builder. Oh, I'm so grateful for that. What a lovely position. What a lovely purpose to have in life. Did you always feel like um, your... Um, true identity was in conflict, that that you somehow had to choose between your Native American heritage or your Native heritage and also your Christian heritage? I did not, actually, because we were told, like, by the time I came into, in my community and also by the time I was born, and there was no remnant of any of these things on in my community. Now, that might be different that might be different for some of the other peoples, the other tribes. But for myself personally, I grew up in the Church of England, the Anglican Church. I was taught to pray and to revere prayer and, and taught many things that now guide my life today. And so um, it, was, it was when I discovered some of these teachings of my people that I was taught from early on by missionaries and um, those who were other than the tribal people that I was taught that that we that was not for us as believers. When I discovered these things, I felt robbed of my yes. of my, who I am as, as a person. And, and I was already a mother when this happened. This is not that long ago that I discovered some of these teachings that closely resemble um, the Isaiah 11, the sevenfold spirits of Gijemanito. And very, very much the attributes of the Father, the creator of us all, is and when I discovered that these were the same mandates my people lived by, I was I was um, angry at first that I had been robbed of these truths until in prayer I was I, I heard, don't be angry, because these are not these are not truths that are formulas. These are truths that were instilled in me even without knowing that the, the formulas that we're prone to doing as religious, you know, in the religious society. Amazing. I love that uh, you were able to blend those. So when you were feeling robbed, when you were angry about that, then did you um, pivot and, and learn all, as much as you could? How did you find out more information about your tribe and about uh, their origins and their practices? I believe it's just what, what I always like. I like to say that I'm an elder in training. Um, 
I, I am 55 years old and um, there, there's just some things that you learn just from life experience and from, um, from just like the blood speaks, the blood remembers all the things that have been done in the bloodline. And so when you delve into, and you live in the, in that space of, of learning what is it that that causes us to 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 respond or react to different scenarios? You begin to find out the why, and you begin to you begin to come into a place of as a, as a walking in the play in the spiritual places, right? In prayer and worship, and and of course having relationship with elders, surrounded by elders and those who are the mothers and the fathers, that that continue to speak into your life and continue to um, affirm the things that you are seeing in the spirit and the things that you are hearing and remembering. There's many things that I was taught growing up that I realized, wow, this is that. It's a lot of this is that that was spoken to me growing up or even um, or, or some of the things that I've read in scripture and you realize, wow, there's there's another touch point that is that has to do with my people. I, I can see in your face when you're speaking about these things, just the joy and the delight of discovering, of seeing how God brings all things together, of your deeply spiritual native roots and your your own desire to be a deeply spiritual person. I love that you say that you're in training and I'm laughing because I'm thinking at which, at which point are you no longer in training? At which point will you be trainer in bringing up the next generation? Explain to me how that works. Well, I think um, elders are one of the, I want to say, revered people in our culture. And, and scripture is also very clear that an elder gets double the honor, right? And so um, I've always honored my elders and um, my, my parents. And um, even as we were taught very strongly, and it just was just really drilled in us that you honor elders and leaders in your, in your, in our sphere, right? Wherever, wherever we find ourselves. And so, um, it's interesting you ask me that. At what point do you do you not are you shift into a place of that eldership? I asked three different people in just <clears throat> not recently, but in my in my time, because I was learning and I was reaching for these answers myself. And um a Cherokee leader said this to me. Mary, every time I hear you speak, you speak of honoring the elders and even the ancestors and pulling from their knowledge and their wisdom. And he said to me, he said, in my culture, in my people, when you speak as an elder, you are an elder. Oh, that's good. And when I, when I heard him say this, everything in, in who I am responded. <laughs> we tend to compartmentalize ourselves in, in our way of thinking, you know, when we're standing in places of um, wh whatever it is that we're doing in, in any given moment. But when he said those words to me, I knew that he was speaking beyond just maybe the age in the natural. 
and maybe even beyond the positioning in the family, which, which a lot of these are marks of eldership. And, but yet I also know that there's a spiritual realm that we tap into when we receive the purpose of what God has for us. So good. Well, I love that you are focusing on wisdom, on heritage, on respect, and especially respect of the elders. And we see that disappearing from society today. I'm so grateful that there are people like you that are still fanning the flames for that important fire. And I pray that it will burn brightly again. Listeners, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear more from our guest today, Mary Faust. confess right now that I'm being undone by this conversation. Our threefold purpose in bringing you the Now I See podcast is to educate, elevate, and engage in stories of courage and inspiration and hope. Well, I'm certainly getting an education today, and I hope you are too. Some of the things Mary has been telling us may be hard to hear, but oh so necessary, if we are going to rise together in grace and truth. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take time to like and subscribe, rate and review, and share it with your friends. You can find out more about today's guest by reading our show notes, where you'll find links to the things and topics raised by our conversation. You can find out more about Now I See when you visit our site at nis.media or our socials at Now I See Pod. Please leave us a comment so we know you stopped by. We'd love to hear from you. Next week, we'll hear another Native American, Todd Papa Bear Finney, tell the story of how the lessons he learned as a son of the fierce Lakota people have shaped his life and work today. You'll have an opportunity to meet Mary Faust and Todd Finney and other Native Americans who are building bridges between nations, between future and past, between the great creator and his people. At the Gathering of Sacred Nations in North Central Texas, April 5 through 7. Visit alltribesdc.org for more details. Now, back to our show with Mary Faust.
Mary, before our break, you were telling us about leaning into the purpose God has for you and growing into your role as a tribal leader, about finding your own voice and sharing your wisdom, traditions, and sacred heritage. Now let's turn the corner a little bit. As we do, I have to confess to my shame that I only have a vague notion of the significant role Native Americans have played in the protection and cultivation of the land we live in and its resources, of the relationship between the Natives and the European settlers, of the legends and traditions of your people, and of the values that you have handed down from generation to generation. What do you wish that I and the rest of us knew about you and your people? Thank you so much for asking me that because it's one of the passions of my heart is to to educate and to bring people into um, understanding and hearing our voice and our um, our prayers and what we do from beyond the concepts of um, the governments who have um, planted themselves on our soil. So I'm talking about um, the United States of America and Canada that is the North American, we, many of our tribes call North America Turtle Island. And that transcends to legends and stories of our people. Many of the tribes have, have a version of this story and why we call it Turtle Island, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> and so one of the things that I, I have said, and this was taught to me by a spiritual papa, and he said to me, he said, Mary, always remember that our people transcend what we call the United States of America and Canada. We are the host people. We are the original lovers of this land, rightly given to us by the father of us all, the creator, the master creator. And so when, when we talk about um, foundational foundations and many in the, in the memory of most Americans and Canadians for that matter, in, and we, we think of the foundations being the beginnings of the governments that are now on our soil. But really, the foundations of our people transcend those, those times of government because we are nations within this nation. So, so that is one of the things that I, I love to talk about because um, many things that have happened on our soil many things that have that taken place you know the land is a witness of what's been done on it and so as we endeavor to be bridge builders and to be the repairers of the breach we understand things from a dimension and from a maybe even when we say foundations to 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 the average american they're thinking 1776 but to my people we go beyond that time frame Absolutely. And my people would not have survived without the assistance of the Native Americans that they met when they came. We didn't know how to fish or to farm on this new land. And were it not for cooperation of um, Indigenous peoples, my people wouldn't have survived. So um, it would, thank you for um, the generations that have maintained and, and cared for the land. And it is a beautiful land. It's one of the most beautiful lands on the planet. Um, and so delighted to be able to share that and to hear more about the heritage of, of this land. So um, you've been working, your focus has been on bridge building between um, 
people, groups like mine, who don't fully understand the rich heritage that we've been given, um, and bridge building between your own people to help maintain the customs and the traditions that are so beautiful and really define uh, your people group. So tell me what that work is like and, and how you're making an impact in those communities. I think um, gen generally, let, let me just put it that way, um, in generalizing this, the work that I do and the, the speaking that I do and the educating that I do is, um, is, is really to what I'm bridging is that the understanding there's, there's this myth that my people were heathen and that they had, you know, that they needed to be educated. They needed to be Christianized and culturalized and all these things when, in, in truth, we were already, we, we've, we'd already been connected to the heart of the Father, the creator of us all, Gizema Anito. And, and when, we, when we, breaking that myth alone is, is takes much um, conversation because first of all, not only are you just sharing it as an education piece, but you're breaking barriers and even spiritual um, spiritual barriers, let me put it that way. And, you know, the, the messengers that came with the message, they came with the message that the father gave them as a mandate. And many of our people knew that there was a message coming and had, had things been done properly and proper protocol, we would not have the issues we have today. I, feel. I agree. I agree. So, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say some of the things that we have in common, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the Native people have certainly understood that um, by appreciating the beauty of the creation around them. They certainly have understand the significance of land, and land has always been an important thing to God. In fact, he gave his chosen people a specific piece of land. It was important. It was part of the covenant. And I think that Native Americans understand that idea very well, uh, much more than people who left their Native lands and came here. Um, and then I think also you, you've touched on the idea of blood and that uh, significance of that. And I think we can both agree that blood is very important, bloodlines and what blood means to God, especially with respect to our redemption, um, because it's such, it's so precious. And I think um, modern cultures forget some of those things. And so I love hearing you talk about those things and pointing out that we really do have a lot more in common than we think we do. Yeah, I think scripture is very clear, Acts 17, because he says, you know, he created all men from one, one origin, right? One blood. And so I love that. But then there's also, he, it also goes on to say that he placed these people within the distinctive boundaries in which they would dwell for the purpose of finding him and for the purpose of walking with him. And I believe my people so good. have walked with him over, you know, over time and um, generations, even pre-Bible, I want to say. When I say pre-Bible, I'm talking about the, 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 before the, these people landed on our shores to bring us the full the full gospel. And so our people knew, our people knew the creator. And when I think about those early days, I live in Pennsylvania, the Keystone State. It's a commonwealth. And um, Penn, Pennsylvania is named after William Penn, who had, who had established a peace treaty with Chief Tamanin, the Lene Lenape chief of the region here. And when I think back on those days, we, we, 
we um, give honor to William Penn for his work and much of what is the constitution of the United States is based on his writings and his philosophies and his, his leadership. And, but the, um, the peace treaty that he created with the people, I always say this is that it would not have been possible had the foundation not already been in place. We like to, we like to espouse the principles of what was done on our soil rather than upholding what was already here. And in part as part of educating in my in my speaking, but also spiritual understanding that we must honor the foundations that is the message of my people. And the relationship that was that was held for 70 years, we read in history in Pennsylvania was um, the relationship between Penn and Taminant and was so intentional at building this relationship that they, that, that, um, that they immersed themselves together to live, <clears throat> to live in love with one another, with the sons of William Penn and also the tribes of, our, of this region. And this is a prayer that I feel is still alive today I believe that covenant is still alive, even though the sons of William Penn betrayed these people. And let me just say this, the Lenape means um, the people. Leni Lenape means the people. My people, the Anishinaabe means the people. Many of the tribes, their, their name for their people means the people. And so when we read in the constitution, we the people, I believe was adopted from the concept, not just the concept, it's these are not just concepts that we're talking about. These are principles that were given to the host people of this land, this great land that we all enjoy. And, and, and with that understanding, I believe William Penn and those, those that came on our soil began to adopt that language and so the breaking down over the generations that we are seeing today, the divisiveness and the, the fissures and the broken down waste places, I believe came as a result of moving away from what, what my people had as the host people. When you're the host, you give your best, right? But at the same time, it, has, it must be received from those who come into your space and into your sphere. And so my prayer is that we would come into that place where we revitalize and we call forth the prayers and the life that was the covenant of William Penn and Chief Taminant and many of the tribes. The language in that treaty with Taminant was such that it involved God's created order. He said, we will live in, lo in love with the sons of William Penn as long as the creeks and the rivers run, mm. as long as the sun, moon, and stars endure. That's spiritual language that goes beyond what's been done on our soil since that time. Mm. Mm. It transcends the understanding that this was just something that was verbally agreed upon or written in paper, on paper with the pen. And so um, my prayer has always been that we will live in love as, as we were meant to, because 
the spiritual understanding, the understanding that they had. And that this is, I, I'm using pen and taminant because I live in Pennsylvania, but this is spiritual language for my people. That when we made treaties, even my own reservation, when my ancestor made treaty with the government, and this was the same language that was used, as long as the rivers run. And if we look today, we look outside, and if we're nearby a, a river source, we will see that the rivers are still flowing. We must understand that the host people never broke their promise because they were rightly aligned with the creator. And thus the need for forgiveness, because we also understand as spiritual people that we must forgive all that's been done. And it doesn't erase what's been done, but it means that we begin to heal and we begin to walk in harmony and mutual respect for one another. Yes, forgiveness is the only way we can move forward. Thank you for that beautiful history lesson. I think a lot of us either never learned it or have forgotten it. So thank you so much for uh, bringing it to our memory. Um, we're getting close to closing out the time in our show today. Uh, one of the reasons I invited you to be on is that you're um, being part of an opportunity where many tribes are coming together to celebrate their heritage. Can you tell us a little bit about that event? Yes, that, that's a very exciting time to be alive anyway. Um, as, as host people, we will gather together in Corinth, Texas at the invitation of Chuck Pierce. And this is um, relational equities. We're, we're living, we're in, invited because of equity that we build because based on what I just talked about, the dovetailing and then the understanding, the spiritual understanding of the host people, the principle of first mention. And if we are first people, yes, there's, there's a, a principle behind that, that we have to understand. And also, um, and also how, how do we work together in the, with that principle of firsts? And so Chuck Pierce has invited um, the tribes um, through his relationship with Dr. Big Pond, Nigel Big Pond, many of us um, that have worked with him, we know him. He's, he's been a mover and a shaker over the years. And um, the longing and the heart cry to see our tribes come into that place of their rightful place and many of our people are still alienated from this message that we're talking about because of things that have been done in the past, done in the name of Jesus, that was not scriptural, that was not okay. And so now we are gathering to come together and the three things, it's going to be a three prongs um, um, mandate that we're going to be standing on in, in Texas and it is to um, come together to unify as tribes, yes, um, as, as many tribes from across the North America. And then also to, to deal with, with what we call the back of racism. I believe um, racism is, is rampant in our day. And so we will be addressing that in prayer and also many, many prayers of repentance and forgiveness even as the ancient enmities of our tribes will be dealt with. And so, um, and then we will also then shift into calling forth the redemptive purpose of our tribes, because that's where the hope lies. The new and living way through the blood of the sun is how we function in, in our tribal identity. 
Well, I am so excited that the old traditions are being remembered and revived and handed down as a gift to the next generations. It's also a great time of learning for people who are not of Native American descent to learn more about what we've been missing um, and, and perhaps what we've forgotten or what we've ignored. And so I'm very excited for the opportunity to have that. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the event. When is it? Where is it? Who can come? Everybody's invited. Um, it is, um, like I said, there's a dual invitation from Global Spheres in Corinth, Texas, um, but also from All Tribes DC, the organization that I was a founding member of. I, I am a founding member of All Tribes DC and still in very close-knit relationship with the leaders that are currently on board as the executive team. And this is a joint effort to call all tribes to come and stand on behalf of their nations. And so we say First Nations, it's, it really is sovereign nations. And so when we have sovereign nations, there is a treaty to treaty um, understanding that we regard one another um, on that basis of honor. And so we are inviting um, those from the different tribes and from the different nations to come and be represented, or many of them are coming as sent by their own tribes. To, to represent their tribes. And um, and as I said, men, every, everybody's invited. Oh, I'm so excited. So the event is called The Gathering of the Sacred Nations. It's going to be held April 5th through 7th, starting Wednesday, April 5th in the evening at 7 p.m. There'll be a grand entry, which I imagine is going to be so exciting as the tribes come in in their uh, native dress. And um, I, I'm really looking forward to that event. On Thursday, April 6th, from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., tribal speakers and worship uh, will be the order of the day. And then on April 7th, which is the Friday from 9 a.m. to noon, uh, more tribal speakers and worship. And as you were saying, much of that time devoted to prayer, to repentance, to reconciliation, to bridge building. And um, it's a, it's such an exciting and significant event. I'm so glad that you're going to be part of it and that I have an opportunity to join as well. Um, as we close out the show today, is there anything you'd like people to see more clearly as a result of our conversation? I think that the... The biggest thing that is on my heart for, for the tribes is for all people and um, the, the native tribes especially is that and if, if the audience is predominantly faith-based that the tribes that are inherent, that have an inherent right to these lands, that we call them forward into their places and, and to not marginalize them and to not um, um, alienate them from the truth that is Yeshua um, to, to our people. And many of our people, as I said, are, are misunderstood from that basis. And, and also to understand that they still carry, I think um, Romans talks about the, um, the gifts of God are, are um without repentance, right? And so if the host people have been placed here on this soil that we that we all love, the whole of North America, actually, and to see them come into their rightful place, the governance that they hold, the spiritual governance, yes, and yes, the political governance and the mediation that is necessary and to, to call them into their place 
as the host people of Turtle Island. Thank you. I also, I agree. And I loved uh, what you said about we the people. And I think that when we diminish any part of we the people through misunderstanding, through ignorance, through, um, through racism and, and uh, you know, willful um, bad thoughts, that, uh, ra- that we need to reject those things and we need to become we the people. We need to celebrate our identity um, and to celebrate the traditions, the heritages that we bring. Um, so we're not just talking getting rid of bad, but welcoming and embracing the good. And so thank you so much for this important conversation today. How can people find out more about All Tribes? We have a website, alltribesdc.org, and there are different tabs on that website that you can that you can go to. The vision and the mission statement is there in the voices, some of the um, some of the prayers that we released since since the time of um, establishing this organization, All Tribes DC. All Tribes DC is also available to come to your region. If, if you would like to have all tribes come into your region, they will come and um, it will be all tribes, Texas or all tribes, Pennsylvania, wherever they <laughs> happen to land. And so the, the mission really is to pray for our people and to call them into their place of governance. And I'm talking spiritual language, not so much politics. Many times we get confused with governance, with politics. And if people would like to hear more from you, more from your story, they can uh, get in touch with you through All Tribes and invite you to come and speak at their church or event. Is They can reach me through All Tribes. I am not in official capacity on, on the executive team, but my they, they know who I am. So, okay. yes. Great. Thanks. So they can contact you there. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today, for expanding our vision, for reminding us of important truths, and for calling us to be better people, to be we, the people, and to make sure every voice is heard. Thank you so much. And thank you, listeners, for joining our show today. We'll see you again next week. We're so glad you were able to join us for today's eye-opening interview. You can find out more about our guest today by reading our show notes or visiting our website at nis.media. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Special thanks to the team at Headset Radio for their technical expertise and to Joel Salazar, who created and performed the new Now I See theme song. 